Okay, um, I now like to call to order this special meeting of the Berkeley City Council for Tuesday, November 14, 2023. And the first item on our agenda is roll call. If the city clerk can please call the roll. Okay, Councilmember Kesarwani is absent. Taplin present. Bartlett is absent. Harrison is absent. Hahn present. Wengraff present. Robinson present. Umber present and Mayor Arad present. Okay. Okay. Uh, quorum of the City Council is present. We expect our other colleagues to be joining us shortly. Um, this is a special meeting of the City Council to take up one item. Item one: the Alameda County Transportation Commission San Pablo Avenue Multimodal Corridor Program, safety enhancements, and parallel bike improvement projects. Um, as this is a special meeting, we will not take public comment on non-agenda matters at this meeting. Uh, we will have a public comment period on non-agenda matters at our six o'clock regular meeting. Um, and so with that, we'll proceed to the action calendar. And item one, as stated, is the Alameda County Transportation Commission San Pablo Avenue Multimodal Corridor Program. And um, this is uh, an item being presented by the Department of Public Works. I know we have um, representatives from the Alameda County Transportation Commission here this afternoon as well. And so who will be starting the presentation? Hamid. Good afternoon, Mr. Mayor, members of the council. My name is Hamid Mostofi, Transportation Division Manager. I'm here with the project team from Alameda County Transportation, who will be presenting uh, their project on San Pablo Corridor Multimodal uh, Project. Uh, before I do that, I'm going to ask uh, Eric Anderson, our principal planner, who is joining via Zoom, is shaking off a cold, to give a brief introduction of the project, and then we'll turn it over to the project team. So, Eric, if you can hear me, please go ahead. Okay. And we see on Zoom. Thank you, Hamid. Uh, my apologies for not being able to be there in person. It's great to see all of you. Uh, good afternoon, Mayor and Council members. Um, I'll give a very brief introduction, which is to say, um, this project is something that Alameda CTC has been working with City of Berkeley on since at least 2017, uh, and it brings approximately $20 million of transportation investments uh, to Berkeley. Uh, and that money is going toward the fulfillment of the council-adopted uh, pedestrian plan, bicycle plan, Vision Zero Action Plan, and uh, Transit First Implementation Plan. So with that context, uh, I'm actually going to hand it off to uh, Matt Bomberg um, and uh, for introductions of Alameda CTC staff who are present and presentation. Thank you. I want to welcome our colleague from Emeryville, the mayor of Emeryville, John Bowders, who I think is here, his capacity as the chair of the Alameda County Transportation Commission. Thank you, Mayor Ergin, and good afternoon to the members of the Berkeley City Council. John Bowders uh, sitting here today as the chair of the Alameda County Transportation Commission, joined by Executive Director Tesla Gell, uh, Deputy Director Carolyn Clevenger, as well as Matt Bomberg and Colin Dental Plant, who will provide you the technical presentation for today's discussion. Um, the Alameda County Transportation Commission has been working on the San Pablo Avenue corridor concept and design for seven years now. Uh, we began this process uh, back in 2017, and this is a critical multimodal corridor project that is absolutely integral to the success and future of Alameda County. 
along San Pablo Avenue, as you know, is transportation, housing, jobs, business opportunities here. Um, but above all, there's obviously people who uh, live and work here and their safety is the priority of the commission. San Pablo Avenue throughout the entire segment in Berkeley is an equity priority community area, and it has one of AC Transit's highest ridership areas as well. It's no it's no uh, surprise to anybody then that uh, with that much movement on the corridor, it's troubling to the county and the commission that it is the third highest corridor countywide for the high injury network. Something needs to be done, and we committed as a commission to within three to five years implementing safety improvements along this corridor as part of a regional and collaborative plan between the cities of Albany, Berkeley, Emeryville. Oakland and in consultation with the county commission and AC Transit, the bus operator. Um, I'm not going to give the full history as Matt will provide that here, but I want to give a special uh, dedicated appreciation to Eric on your staff in particular, but as well as the members of your public works and transportation department and your city administration who have worked extremely closely with the members of our staff and the technical support that they've provided, as well as to the very uh, numerous members of the community and the stakeholder groups, some of whom you'll hear about this evening, who participated in the many rounds of community public engagement and outreach that we did to bring this project here today. I will come back at the end of the presentation to briefly summarize some of the um, deadlines and timelines, as well as some of the financial considerations we would like the council to take into account when you deliberate on this item today. And uh, we would ask for your support in approving, hopefully unanimously, uh, the concept design for San Pablo Avenue in Berkeley. With that, I'll turn it over to Matt Popper. Thank you very much, Chair Batters, for the introduction. I'll go ahead and queue up the presentation here. Okay, so thank you very much for the opportunity to present to the Berkeley City Council seeking approval of the concept design for this critically important set of transportation safety and multimodal access projects. So as has been mentioned, Alameda CTC has been leading planning and project development work in the San Pablo Avenue corridor for nearly seven years, working closely with a range of agency partners, community-based organizations, and the broader community. At this juncture, we're ready to conclude the concept design and start final design of the northern two San Pablo Avenue projects in Berkeley, which provide safety enhancements along San Pablo and improvements to parallel bike routes in the broader corridor. We've obtained significant grant funds, and uh, these two projects are fully funded for construction. And so we're in a great position to deliver the urgently needed safety improvements, uh, but we also have strict uh, project delivery deadlines associated with these external grants that have been received. And we've appreciated the support from the city and other multimodal advocacy organizations, uh, writing support letters and supporting us in our um, successful grant-seeking efforts for the projects in this quarter. Um, so. Approval uh, of the concept designs and implementation of these projects uh, will both deliver needed safety improvements and multimodal transit improvements, and also implement major portions of the city's adopted multimodal transportation plans uh, and improve safety along a high injury corridor. So uh, the actions before council tonight are requesting that uh, the council approve the concept designs for the safety enhancements and parallel bike improvement projects, as well as the Addison Street Bike Boulevard connector uh, as part of the overall San Pablo Avenue multimodal corridor program, direct staff to partner with Alameda CTC on the final design and authorize city manager to direct staff to grant permits and agreements for construction activities within city right of way. So um, Alameda CTC has 
has been mentioned, has been conducting planning and project development work in the San Pablo quarter since 2017. This quarter is of major significance locally and regionally. Uh, safety is a major issue on the quarter. San Pablo Avenue has the third highest incidence of traffic crashes in all of Alameda County, uh, according to the UC Berkeley traffic injury mapping system. Within Berkeley, in the three-year period between 2019 and 2021, there were 34 people killed or injured along San Pablo Avenue, so more than 10 people a year killed or injured uh, along San Pablo within Berkeley, and 31 of those victims were vulnerable road users. It's also one of AC Transit's highest ridership quarters, including significant numbers of low-income people of color who ride the bus along San Pablo Avenue, yet congestion uh, often slows down buses and makes them unreliable. And the quarter also serves as a main street with many small businesses for the diverse communities along its length. Because of its important importance, Alameda CTC led a bi-county corridor planning effort that included extensive community outreach in all cities and considered a range of alternatives for the corridor. And based on this, um, this extensive uh, planning process, three projects have been identified uh, that, uh, that respond to the um, uh, community feedback and technical considerations uh, during this corridor planning process. So the, the three projects uh, that, are, um, that are proposed for the San Pablo Avenue corridor, which are again based on the, the first phase of outreach that Alameda CTC conducted uh, and are responsive to the critical safety needs in the corridor include uh, safety enhancements in Berkeley and Albany. Uh, these are spot improvements to make it safer to cross the street uh, and to speed up transit, uh, bus stop improvements. Uh, Improvements to parallel bike routes to provide an alternative for cyclists along San Pablo Avenue in the broader corridor within Berkeley and Albany and North Oakland. And a third project, which is not the focus of tonight's meeting, uh, and a separate outreach process will be conducted for this project starting later this year, which proposes bus and bike lanes in South Berkeley, Oakland, and Emeryville. So Alameda CTC has conducted uh, community outreach on the design specifics of the safety enhancements and parallel bike project over the last year. Um, this set of three projects, the, the concept of these, the set of three projects was actually approved by Alameda CTC's commission in March 2022, and uh, the um, City of Albany's council took an analogous action earlier this summer, adopting the concept designs for the two, two projects within their jurisdiction, as well as the Berkeley Transportation and Infrastructure Commission unanimously recommended approval of the concept designs for, Ber for Berkeley. Um, one note about these projects is that the Northern Safety Enhancements Project, uh, these projects are all intended to be deliverable within three to five years, and the Northern Project along San Pablo Avenue is intended to provide improvements that address urgent safety needs while not precluding future uh, bus and bike lanes along San Pablo Avenue, um, should that be so desired in the future. So uh, this is a, a multimodal quarter program that has uh, been developed with significant collaboration with agency partners, including the four cities along um, San Pablo within Alameda County, AC Transit and Caltrans as San Pablo Avenue is State Route 123, a, a state highway facility within much of Alameda County. The San Pablo Avenue quarter projects are also supportive of a number of City of Berkeley council adopted plans. Uh, both the sort of policy level goals contained within these plans and a number of the specific recommendations. The Vision Zero Action Plan identifies the entire length of San Pablo Avenue within Berkeley as a high injury street. The city's pedestrian master plan identifies San Pablo Avenue as one of 10 priority street segments and includes a citywide priority program to daylight intersections. 
the city's transit first policy and uh, an implementation plan identify San Pablo Avenue as a primary transit route and include policies to locate bus stops on the far side of intersection and uh, to that bus bulbs are a preferred stop design. The bicycle master plan includes a citywide network of low stress bikeways, including traffic calming parallel to San Pablo Avenue, which has formed the basis for the parallel bike improvements project. And the climate action plan identifies transportation as the largest sector of emissions in Berkeley with a need for improved sustainable transportation options. So this slide shows the uh, more specific locations for the two projects within Berkeley, the safety enhancements and the parallel bike improvements project. So the safety enhancement project, again, it consists of intersection spot treatments uh, from South Berkeley up to the Albany city limit uh, to make it safer for people on foot and bike to cross the street and to speed transit. And the parallel bike improvement project consists of intersection and um, segment improvements to create continuous and connected uh, bikeway routes parallel to San Pablo Avenue. The safety enhancements project uh, includes a variety of different project elements. Uh, one of the main project elements is bus bulbs, which are uh, enhanced uh, waiting areas for passengers and uh, allow uh, buses to stop in lane rather than pulling out of traffic, which provides them with a speed and reliability benefit. This also just provides more sidewalk space generally in commercial districts. And uh, as has been noted, uh, Berkeley's transit first implementation policy includes a specific policy within it that these are a preferred stop design for major transit stops. The project also includes pedestrian signals and flashing beacons to improve motorist stopping and yielding at, uh, at streets crossing San Pablo Avenue, as well as median refuges that allow pedestrians and cyclists to cross in two stages, uh, which is particularly important for uh, users who might need more time to cross, such as children and seniors. Bus stop relocations to move stops from near side to far side where buses don't block the line of sight to pedestrians and don't uh, get stuck at red lights uh, as often or another scope element. Lighting upgrades at uncontrolled crosswalks are, are part of the project. ADA ramp upgrades and traffic signal upgrades at all intersections uh, between Heinz Avenue and the Berkeley city limit, which will um, help just improve overall ADA compliance and accessibility for anyone using mobility devices or strollers or uh, any other uh, similar device. And two uh, locations with protected bikeway connectors where there are offset intersections that don't connect directly through east-west across, across San Pablo Avenue and uh, one block sections of bikeway along San Pablo are proposed. Also not shown here is uh, another scope element is uh, sidewalk repair within bus stops to remediate trip and fall hazards and improve accessibility in, in bus stop areas and leading pedestrian intervals at all intersections along the corridor, which uh, help pedestrians establish their position in right away in an intersection ahead of turning vehicles. One location I do want to highlight is the Addison San Pablo intersection. This intersection is actually a sort of point of intersection between Alameda CTC's safety enhancements project and the city's Addison Street Bicycle Boulevard project, which aims to provide an east-west biking connection between UC Berkeley and the Bay Trail and Waterfront. There's also a crossing point for students going to Oxford Elementary, uh, getting across San Pablo Avenue. And at this location, the city of Berkeley has taken the lead on concept design and outreach for a connector uh, that will safely and comfortably allow cyclists to get across San Pablo at this offset intersection, uh, consisting of short protected bike lane sections along San Pablo, 
uh, and Alameda CTC intends following concept approvals to incorporate this intersection as part of the larger safety enhancements project so that um, the city of Berkeley can take advantage of um, Alameda CTC's work with Caltrans on the state highway corridor and uh, Alameda CTC would also take on the environmental clearance design and construction of this intersection. The parallel bike improvements project uh, includes a variety of scope elements to, again, create continuous connected low stress bikeways on neighborhood streets parallel to San Pablo Avenue. So the project includes new and modified diverters to reduce traffic volumes on bike boulevards and ensure that these streets are used for local access and not cut through and bypassing major streets. Traffic circles to manage speeds along bike boulevards, flashing beacons and pedestrian signals to improve motorist stopping and yielding at major street crossings. Wayfinding to uh, including both pavement markings and signage to make uh, these routes easily navigable for cyclists. Uh, ADA curb ramp upgrades uh, throughout the project to bring non-compliant ramps up to ADA compliance. Stop control changes to reduce um, cyclists stopping along bike boulevard routes. Speed tables to manage speeds and uh, just provide an overall livability benefit and low stress biking experience on, on the project streets and daylighting of intersections, which is red curbing uh, for 20 feet in advance of crosswalk so that uh, all road users entering an intersection can see people uh, who are entering crosswalks or entering the intersection on an intersecting street. And again, I wanna emphasize that daylighting is actually a, a priority program in the city's pedestrian master plan. Uh, it's especially important in terms of visibility of children. Uh, if you think about the ability to see a child who might be shorter uh, over a parked vehicle at, at the intersection. One other scope element not shown here is that the project would provide a pavement overlay along a number of streets uh, that have poor pavement quality to improve the riding surface for uh, cyclists, but all road users. Uh, this includes work along streets such as Mabel, Russell, and Idaho, which currently have very poor, poor pavement quality. And this work is included within the, the grant funds that have been brought in for this project. It would be a significant boon to the city, which in 2021 had a citywide PCI of 57 or pavement condition index of 57 which is well below the county's average of 67. So at this point, I wanna talk about some of the extensive community engagement and, and planning that has led up to uh, the projects uh, that are before the council tonight for approval of conceptual design. Uh, again, the, the outreach and quarter planning dates back to 2017. Uh, from 2017 to 2021, uh, there were multiple rounds of outreach within this phase one to assess needs and propose different alternatives for the broader corridor. Uh, this led to, in March of 2022, Alameda CTC's commission adopting an overall corridor concept consisting of the three San Pablo Avenue projects. And then uh, between 2022, early 2022, and now, we've been conducting, again, outreach on the design specifics for, for the two projects uh, within Berkeley and Albany. So the uh, public engagement um, dating back to 2017, again, included two rounds. Uh, round one was focused on identifying the needs and priorities uh, within the corridor. It included multiple means of reaching people, including focus groups, surveys, online surveys, uh, postcards, flyers, and e-blasts. And based on all of the information garnered across these um, different uh, out outreach methods, as well as uh, input from different agencies through a project technical advisory committee, uh, three concepts were developed for community consideration. Round two uh, of this sort of overall phase one of outreach focused on getting feedback on the three concepts, which consisted of various options for bus or bike lanes on San Pablo or on parallel streets and safety improvements throughout. 
and understanding people's priorities with respects to the benefits and challenges inherent within each. Uh, among the different outreach sort of community engagement touch points in this round of outreach were a well-attended public workshop at the Francis Albreyer Community Center in San Pablo Park, pop-up events at the South Berkeley Farmers Market, intercept surveys, uh, specific meeting with merchants groups uh, at the Umford Furniture Store in San Pablo, and postcards distributed to all storefronts. So again, based on uh, technical considerations and, and the uh, community preferences expressed through this phase one of outreach, Alameda CTC's commission adopted the overall concept of the three projects, including safety enhancements and parallel bike improvements within Berkeley and Albany. And since then, uh, over the last year, we've done yet another phase of public engagement, this time to share some of the design specifics, uh, such as you know, what specific treatment is recommended for what intersection for the northern two projects. So the outreach in the in this phase two has again used a, a variety of different methods to reach people. An interactive web map where users can zoom in and view and comment on specific improvements. Storefront outreach to all businesses that front any parking changes or bus bulbs, including visiting them in person uh, with a flyer and survey questions and follow phone outreach. Bus stop flyers along the corridor. Two different rounds of mailers to uh, residents and businesses within an identified radius around proposed improvements, presenting to a project active transportation working group, which includes representation from organizations such as the East Bay Transit Riders Union and Walk Bike Berkeley, e-blasts, uh, a project website, presentations to community-based organizations, including the Berkeley Neighborhood Council and Solano Avenue Association, and finally, a presentation to the Berkeley Transportation and Infrastructure Commission, which resulted in the unanimous recommendation to approve tonight, concept designs tonight. And these images just show a few more details of the phase two outreach. So on the top left is one of the open house boards uh, from the, the open house that, on March 30th. This was, again, very well attended. Over 100 people uh, and participants were able to go to different stations and view uh, location-specific improvements, interact with members of the project team, ask them questions, provide feedback via sticky notes on you know, the specifics of the proposed improvements. The bottom left is one of the mailers that was sent out. Again, there were two rounds of postcard mailers, uh, included maps with all the proposed improvement locations, information about the, uh, where to find more details on a project website and the upcoming open house, and images of sample project elements. The middle image is the bus stop flyer that was up at every bus stop for more than a month, uh, notifying transit riders, but any, also anybody walking along the corridor about the project. And the rightmost image is the storefront outreach flyer, which was left with all of the businesses, uh, described the project improvements relevant to businesses and provided ways to contact Alameda CTC and obtain additional information. And in addition to all of the public outreach, uh, there's also been an extensive amount of coordination with different city departments and divisions. And again, wanna offer our thanks to um, city transportation staff for facilitating this. So we've met with divisions and departments, including fire, zero waste, traffic engineering, transportation planning, and Berkeley Unified School District uh, really to ensure their awareness and, and support of project elements like diverters, traffic circles, speed tables that will affect um, operation of, of vehicles and, and departments with, um, with uh, specific roadway operational needs. And these departments have given their concurrence with the project elements and will continue to engage with them as part of the project's final design. So uh, 
briefly talk about what we heard in the, the second round of outreach focused again on design specifics uh, and how we've um, incorporated feedback that we heard from, from both um, city departments and the community. So this is a, a, a busy slide, but this is the distillation of more than 700 comments that we received from residents and businesses across multiple methods of outreach and a detailed outreach summary report was included in, in the staff report packet. So some of the key themes we heard related to the routing of the parallel bike streets um, and some specific suggestions for um, shifting routing from one street over to another, the level of traffic control devices at bike crossings of major streets, uh, and particularly a preference for pedestrian hybrid beacons and, and higher levels of treatments like bulb outs, uh, some location specific circulation and parking issues uh, raised around diverters and bus bulbs, um, a request for addition of more stop control changes and speed humps along parallel bike streets, uh, as well as some suggested improvements at locations not along project streets, um, just general issues with um, things like litter and, and public safety at bus stops and comments on de detailed design issues like bike detection or traffic striping. So we have incorporated several changes to the project concepts that are presented for approval tonight based on feedback. Uh, these include um, changes to the routing of the parallel bike street uh, from Keynes to Stanage between Virginia and Camellia, and a minor shift at the Oakland-Berkeley uh, border around Idaho and 65th, adding bulb outs at Keynes and Gilman to respond to the desire for kind of more treatments to make it easier to cross the street at, at this busy street, removing a couple of diverters at 9th and Pardee and Channing and 10th based on some local circulation issues identified, shortening a couple of the bus bulbs uh, at Dwight and University, uh, retaining a couple of bus stops where they currently are at Alston and Cedar rather than moving them to Farside, and adding speed tables and additional stop control changes to the project based on new requests for these elements. So I'll briefly summarize uh, the, the circulation and parking changes that are, um, that are contained within the project scope. So, um, there are two major types of circulation changes. These are uh, fairly localized. Um, one of them is the project would add two new diverters and modify an existing diverter at the locations listed here. Uh, the, the diverter that would be modified is um, suggestion from city staff based on um, current usage of the diverter, which kind of facilitates people bypassing the intersection of San Pablo and University. And so uh, reversing the orientation of this diverter would make it so that people can't use 9th and Delaware to bypass that traffic signal. There are also a couple of median closures proposed at the locations listed here. The median closures would make it so that motorists can no longer make a left turn onto or off of San Pablo at this intersection, and they would instead need to go to a nearby signalized intersection. And the benefits are uh, that it uh, offers the ability to provide median refuges for pedestrians and cyclists crossing San Pablo but it also just improves overall roadway safety by uh, channelizing left turns to signalized locations rather than uh, motorists scanning for gaps across busy traffic coming in, in multiple lanes. I'll also talk about some of the parking changes that are, uh, that are uh, associated with the project. Uh, so the safety enhancements project does include a couple of uh, spot parking changes. Uh, the, these are, have been reviewed with the businesses through direct door-to-door -door storefront outreach. Uh, the estimated net loss along San Pablo Avenue is 14 spaces. These are typically associated with relocating a bus stop uh, and uh, in some cases with lengthening a bus stop. 
Uh, and again, the, the city's transit first policy does include a specific policy that far side bus stops are preferred within Berkeley. The parallel bike improvement project would daylight uh, intersections basically along the length of all of the project streets. Daylighting again is red curbing in advance of intersections that allows road users to see people on intersecting streets as they intersect as they enter the intersection improves overall safety. Uh, one thing to note is that there was a recent state law that passed that actually uh, AB 413 that basically makes daylighting state law throughout California. And so um, when that law takes effect, uh, parking within 20 feet of an, a marked or unmarked crosswalk will actually no longer be legal. So the red curbing proposed by this project will help uh, the city both implement its own adopted policy from its pedestrian master plan, but also comply with this state law. So uh, I'll briefly touch on the project funding and schedule and, and then uh, wrap up. Uh, so again, Alameda CTC has successfully obtained $44 million in competitive state and federal funds for the two San Pablo Avenue projects that we're requesting an action for tonight. Uh, in addition to additional Measure BB funds that have been invested in overall quarter planning and project development. And this is a significant boon for Alameda County and the city of Berkeley. Uh, in delivering these projects, Alameda CTC is bringing significant investment to the San Pablo corridor, implementing major portions of the city's active transportation plans, and taking on significant Caltrans coordination, federal environmental clearance, and federal aid fund administration, which uh, city staff have uh, communicated something they might not be able to do on their own. Uh, but the funding successes also mean that we do have strict project delivery deadlines and approval of concept plans tonight is key to meeting that overall schedule. I uh, also want to just, again, thank the City of Berkeley for the letters of support for these grants, as well as other agency partners like AC Transit and organizations like East Bay Transit Riders Union. So the, the project schedules uh, for these uh, parallel bike improvements, which is the off San Pablo improvements again, uh, the schedule for that project is to be have design completed and ready have the project ready to advertise for construction by summer 2024 with actual construction to begin in winter of 2024. And the safety enhancements project, which does include, doesn't require a formal Caltrans approval, uh, would follow uh, being ready to advertise for construction in spring of 2025. So again, we're committed to bringing these urgently needed safety improvements as soon as possible. Uh, uh, and with that, I will um, wrap up by again, showing the actions and hand it back to the chair for some closing remarks. Thank you, Matt. Uh, thank you, Mayor and Council. Um, on behalf of the Commission, I want to emphasize uh, several points that were raised in the presentation for your consideration this evening. Um, as Matt mentioned, the City of Berkeley and its staff have supported applications to the federal government and to the state for uh, one Bay Area Grant Cycle 3 funding uh, for the state CTC's ATP Cycle 6 funding, as well as to the federal Safe Streets for All grant. Um, this funding goes to the cities of Berkeley and Albany for the first two phases of the construction project, the on-street bus and pedestrian improvements and the parallel bike routes. Um, the cities of Emeryville, Oakland, Albany, and AC Transit all submit letters of support for funding for Berkeley's project. Um, we're in this together. In October of 2021, several members of the council contacted the Alameda County Transportation Commission, um, expressing an interest and a desire to expand the treatments that were uh, voted for in favor of uh, on, on Avenue bike and bus facilities in Oakland and Emeryville. Um, we are grateful to the members of the, the city council for expressing that interest 
And although we were unable to uh, fully realize that vision as part of the plan due to the amount of work that had been done to date, um, we were pleased to include uh, San Pablo Avenue up to Heinz uh, as part of that concept and inclusion. Uh, we worked very closely with your staff to help keep that portion of it included on the timeline. And we've been very clear and supportive of the city of Berkeley's request that it be allowed to conduct a specific plan uh, for San Pablo Avenue in your city um, as to maybe future additional bike and bus treatments on San Pablo Avenue. And nothing that you would be voting for today would preclude you from continuing that process or from you getting funding from the county and the commission in the future to do additional improvements on San Pablo should you wish to do that in the future. It's important for me to stress that this project and the commission are aligned with the state and federal government and its desire to deliver safety and equity to communities impacted by road violence as quickly as possible. This commission and in particular many of the staff sitting here in front of you from ACTC as well as others not here today have been extremely instrumental and successful in leveraging the trust that the voters of Alameda County give us through Measure BB to bring federal money to our communities. There are $44 million of federal and state funds, and we are on a clock. Um, we had hoped to bring this to Berkeley at the beginning of the year, um, and we understand for various reasons um, that the city needed more time to move through this process. Um, we were happy that your Transportation Commission voted unanimously in July to recommend this to you. Um, we are under a deadline of April of 2025 to be ready to list. I need to impart upon you tonight, that's why I'm here, that if we are not able to get your support for this concept tonight, we are already pushing Caltrans on their deadlines to move this forward. And if we do not have your support, we are at risk of losing those funds because they are on a time limit. If we lose those funds, two things happen. One, this project will not come to fruition in Berkeley as we hope, um, but two, the reputation of the county and the commission will be very seriously damaged by that action. I need to impart that you're not just voting for a project in your city this evening, but you're voting to put the reputation of the county and its ability to continue to get federal funding at stake. The reality is that when we receive a federal grant in a competitive process, if we return those funds, we go to the bottom of the list for future federal awards and considerations. That is just the reality of how it works. So while, um, we are here tonight optimistic that you will support this project and help us all move forward. Um, if you have questions or concerns about funding or about the implications of the actions that we're asking you to take here this evening, I'm available to answer them. And with that, we thank you and we uh, look forward to the discussion. Does that conclude the staff presentation? That is from ACTC. Okay, thank you. Um, before we go to um, voting on this supplemental, um, just a question. I read in the report Albany voted to approve um, the the design concepts and to give authorization to staff to proceed with the project in Albany, correct? Yes, unanimously in July. Okay, so I just think it's important for us to keep that in mind as well, that Albany, who's part of this plan, has already voted unanimously to move forward. Um, so uh, I'd like to make a motion to adopt the and to accept the supplemental material from Councilor Taplin. Second for consideration this evening. Second. We have a second. If we can please call the roll on accepting the supplemental material. Uh, Councilmember Kessarwani? Yes. And Taplin? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. Hahn? Yes. Wengraff? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. And Mayor Aragon? 
Yes. Okay. Okay. So that revised materials before us, the revisions to the proposed resolution that are being proposed by Councilmember Taplin, Kesarwani, and Humbert. And before we go to uh, public comment, um, I just like to say I want to thank the chair and the commission staff here today, um, our staff for your partnership with ACTC on this important project. And I think several things in the report I think are worth noting. Um, one that um, this is, um, I think, one of the heaviest used corridors for AC Transit. And that was, I think, at the core of this project, which not only encompasses Alameda County, but Contra Costa County. We're working with two counties to make improvements along the corridor to improve um, uh, to improve bus um, travel times and reliability so that we can get more people on the bus and get cars off the road. Um, and in addition to that, um, that this is also on um, a um, high injury network where there is, uh, and this is identified in our um, our pedestrian master plan, our vision zero plan um, as an area where we need to make significant improvements to improve the safety for people biking, walking, using all modes and abilities. So um, uh, yeah, and as noted, St. Paul Avenue is the third highest incidence of injury collisions in Alameda County. So this is a, this is a safety issue as well. This isn't just a, a project to deliver um, improvements to uh, uh, increase multimodal access, but it's also a public safety project for our, for our community as well. So um, uh, I think Mr. Bowders emphasized the, the, the time sensitivity of us taking this action to approve this today. And with that, I wanna make a very clear statement that we plan on doing that today. So I'd like to make a motion to adopt item one um, with the revised language in Councilor Taplin's supplemental, Councilor Taplin's seconds. Second. Um, uh, it's important that we, um, we we move this project forward today. I voted on this several years ago when I was the city's representative to the commission for this particular plan. And Councilor Robinson has been doing great work on behalf of the city at the commission trying to move this forward. Um, this has gotten extensive community input, input from businesses, input from our staff. I want to thank the commission for working with us to do, to get all that to take all that input in consideration, and it's important that this move forward today. So we have a for purposes of discussion, we have a motion on the floor. Councilor Taplin. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Mayor, um, and thank you ACTC staff and City of Berkeley staff and Chair Bowders for being with us this evening, and thank you for your dedication to safety and mobility along the corridor. I likewise thank you for your responsiveness to the Berkeley community and your close partnership with our city. What's before us tonight reflects years of community engagement and incorporates substantial public input from each of the stakeholder cities, including Berkeley. I thank and commend the commission and its staff for obtaining the federal investments necessary to implement traffic calming, paving, and critical safety improvements along the parallel routes. It's important to point out that whereas Oakland and Maryville are getting both a transit priority lane and a bike lane, the length of their segments in phase one, Berkeley and Albany are not. It is likewise essential to reiterate that parking reduction is occurring due to a change in California state law that prohibits parking within 20 feet of a marked crossing. This isn't just a transit project, it's a safety project. The 72 and 70R lines see some of the highest levels of ridership in the AC transit system, whereas San Pablo Avenue has one of the highest rates of collision in the entire county. I have the, I have the pleasure of being the only member of this body that lives west of San Pablo. I have lived my life along the avenue whether visiting neighboring shops and restaurants or commuting to neighboring cities. San Pablo is a corridor I travel by bike and by bus. 
the bike routes I use from West Berkeley in the waterfront to downtown or Channing and Addison. I want to highlight the intersection of Addison and San Pablo. Not only does the city's 2017 bike plan cite a complete bicycle boulevard along Addison, this intersection is also at the center of no fewer than four schools and early childhood education centers, two parks, and several senior living communities. This past June, a driver crashed into the building of the former site, site of State's Coffee. This is also my neighborhood. Road safety, neighborhood traffic calming, and unsafe speeds on city streets are the top issues my constituents write to me about, and traffic safety improvements are the most frequent requests that come to my office. I don't get hundreds of emails from people who want to blow through our neighborhoods or speed down the avenue to get to somewhere else. I get hundreds of emails from seniors at Breedland Homes in Elegance, Berkeley, from families that attend Oxford Elementary and Rosa Parks, from households in every corner of my district who want to be able to cross San Pablo Avenue, who want the city to calm traffic in their neighborhoods so they can go about their days in their own community without risking their lives. And we are so close to finally being able to deliver on this using federal dollars and support from the county's transportation commission. The supplemental I submitted tonight reaffirms the city's commitment to Vision Zero and authorizes the city manager to move forward with much needed long sought neighborhood traffic calming improvements and to integrate project work with traffic calming improvements in adjacent and intersecting projects. In closing, it's important to remember that this is a regional project that reflects years of deep and responsive engagement and that there are deadlines for us to receive these imp improvements and for our neighbors in the county to move forward. These are federal dollars in the line to improve our paving index, improve mobility, and implement neighborhood traffic calming along the Snohomish Avenue corridor. And just two weeks ago, on Halloween night, a motorist struck a seven-year-old, sending him to the hospital with a broken leg. We are the last city to approve phase one of the multimodal corridor project. The longer we delay, the more we risk the injury or worse of our residents and visitors. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Taplin. I'll just also say that while this, this phase of the project does not include dedicated bus and bike lanes on San Pablo, um, it doesn't close the door for us at, at some future point as we're moving to the, any future phase of the project to, to study and potentially implement those improvements on San Pablo. And we are actually launching the San Pablo Avenue area plan process through a grant from the Metropolitan Transportation Commission. So we're going to look at you know, but how those improvements also um, can be integrated in broader laneus planning we're doing on the San Pablo corridor. So I know that we've had some residents who've contacted us asking, you know, you know, does this close the door for, for realizing that bigger vision for San Pablo? And it doesn't. And I certainly think we should, you know, continue to um, to study that that particular um, that particular design for San Pablo. So I uh, will go to Councilor Robinson. Thank you, Mayor Ergin, and thank you, Councilmember Taplin, as well, both of you, for your powerful remarks and for setting the stage. Hello, uh, Mr. Mustafi and Mr. Anderson up there in the ether. I hope you're feeling better soon. Director Langell, uh, Chair Bowders, Team ACTC. I have no idea uh, how many briefings and agenda items about this process I've had the privilege of sharing with you, but let's do this one more time. Carolyn and I were just having a funny conversation yesterday morning about the nature of the project uh, and how simple some of the improvements can seem when you describe them to friends or folks in our neighborhood. Medians and pedestrian signals, crosswalks, it's a lot of paint, it's a lot of concrete, but these are life-saving technologies. We know this. 
and they will improve quality of life and enable more sustainable commutes for our residents all along this corridor, the spine of the East Bay. It is truly a transformative project uh, and one that's benefited from an exhaustive outreach process. So I'm so excited that we're here today to get to finally approve these conceptual designs so you can get moving on detailed design and engineering and break ground in time for your deadlines to hold on to those sweet federal dollars. And Director Langell, uh, I get to work with you all the time now as Berkeley's representative on the Alameda County Transportation Commission, but we first met when I attended, I think it even got a shout out in that list, a, uh, a community meeting on this project at Francis Albrier down at San Pablo Park years ago, well before the pandemic. Uh, and was anyone else here there? Man, that meeting, I, I will I will censor myself. Um, it, it was not kind. Uh, Director Langell, you received that feedback with tremendous patience. Uh, and I mention it first to illustrate just how long this process has been, uh, but also because the fears uh, and the opposition uh, and the hesitation that you heard there and at so many other stages in this process is a big part of the story of how we got here today. Uh, I want to be very clear. I share the disappointment of many in our community and many advocates that we are not approving bus and bike lanes on San Pablo today and through this process. I've been clear about that since I joined the commission. It echoes the story often told of Berkeley's 2010 decision to abandon Telegraph BRT, which in turn, of course, doomed the same improvements along Telegraph in North Oakland. And I would like to think if we had the opportunity to start this project anew today, I do think there's the political will, you know, particularly with the help of San Pablo's council members today, Terry Taplin and Rashi Kesarwani, uh, to have advanced a really robust multimodal corridor project with transit lanes through Berkeley. But that ship sailed a long time ago, and we cannot let Berkeley hold back this project or hold back the region. And so I want to thank you once again and over and over for answering the call. It was a, a year or so ago now, Chair Bowders just described it, uh, when leaders in Berkeley asked for bus and bike lanes to be pushed as far north as feasible without compromising the project timeline, which is, of course, how we landed at Russell and Hines. What has been most important to me since then is that the San Pablo Safety Improvements Project has planned these safer intersections and crossings in a way that doesn't preclude future multimodal plans. And thanks, really, I think, to the phenomenal collaboration between our staff and public works and the agency, that is exactly what's happened. This is not the only project that will happen on San Pablo. Uh, so I'm excited for us to land this, dive into the San Pablo specific plan, and keep our eye on the horizon for further improvements to this critical corridor. As the presenters emphasized, I understand correctly we're the last city in the project area to approve this. Um, in summation, let me just be a little selfish and thank you once again uh, for your work on the project. And since we're constantly zipping back and forth between downtown and the marina, these crossing improvements will represent a significant quality of life and safety improvement for myself and my fiance. And we appreciate that very much. The improvements cannot come soon enough. Uh, and I'll remind us, John, Tess, and Carolyn uh, will recall that our vice chair would so often declare during agency visits this summer, we deliver. That is the <laughs> reputation of the agency that is the reputation of the commission uh, and for a reason. Uh, and I'm so grateful for the incredible care that you've exhibited while interacting with this project in the Berkeley segment from start to finish. Uh, and I'm very eager for the project to be delivered in Berkeley. 
winter 2024. Thank you all so much. Good to see you here. Council member Humbert. Yes, thank you, Mr. Mayor. And I have to say, I always resent it when I have to follow council member Robinson. <laughs> He's a tough act to follow. Um, <clears throat> I wanna thank uh, Mayor Bowders, the ACTC team, city staff, uh, the Transportation and Infrastructure Commission. We have some members here today and everyone who has contributed to this critical transit and safety project. I'm really tremendously excited to see this happen. Um, and I'll be brief because um, because Council Members Taplin and Kesarwani, and not Kesarwani, um, uh, Robinson have already made excellent points. And because fair warning, I'll have a lot more to say during the regular meeting. Um, I wanna thank Council Member Taplin in particular for letting me join as a co-sponsor for his supplemental three. I think it's vitally important that Berkeley live up to its commitments and ideals when it comes to keeping people on foot and on bikes safe and encouraging alternative forms of mobility to meet our climate and safety goals. It's disappointing that we encounter so much fear-mongering and resistance when what Berkeley is getting is already, really frankly, as others have said, less bold and less forward-thinking than what our neighbors are getting. But I'm excited to move this forward and we need to do something to make San Pablo better and safer. And it's actually one of my favorite corridors. It's just such an interesting corridor. And, and this is the best option we have. I intend to support what staff brought before us as amended by Council Member Taplin's supplemental. Thank you. Thank you. Council Member Hahn. Thank you very much. And I also wanna thank the whole team. Um, and I'm excited to see this project going forward. And I think it's um, gonna be really uh, great for the neighborhood and a great uh, model for the rest of Berkeley to learn from. Um, I have a couple of little questions. Um, one is just for um, my colleague, just to understand something in the supplemental. Um, I did take a minute and look at the, um, Oakland neighborhood bike route design standards, and they seem quite nice. But I was curious, what do we use now, or do we have no standards? What is this changing from? I refer this to CU staff. But for the record, uh, the Oakland guidelines are in the sub two for folks reading at home. So are you asking? Yeah, no, I was just what curious. Do we use? Yeah, what do we use now? I, I mean, these look great. I was just curious how we do it now. The question is, what standards do we use for neighborhood traffic calming? Or do we not have like something as pulled together as what Oakland has? Standard we use for traffic calming is somewhat different than standards we use for our bike. standards are in our bike master plan, and depending on the class of the, uh, the, the facility that we want to provide, depending on the environment that we have, the physical room that we have, we provide those standards. So where we have room to provide races for uh, parking protected bike lanes, then we- You can't hear him, I'm so sorry. Yeah, like use the microphone. Use the microphone. You want this one? Yeah, where we have the physical room, to provide for protected bike lanes, we select the protected bike lane options. And where we don't, then we have this series of different classes of one, two, three that 
we 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 use based on the available physical uh, and the, uh, the the geometric conditions of the roadway. So we we do to, to answer your question, we do have standards for our bike lanes. Okay. And, 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 and these would be it's in it's in our and these are compatible. These are fine to to add on. I'm not familiar with uh, Oakland bike standards, but I, I I would think that they they follow the same principle in that uh, depending on the availab availability of the uh, uh, road width, then they provide the uh, the type of uh, bike lane that can be designed and fitted. Councilor Han, Eric Anderson also from Transportations raised their hand I think, oh, to great. respond to this. Hey there, I'll just- Harry, I'll chime can, in. can you chime in? Absolutely. I'll chime in to say that um, Oakland's guidelines are excellent. Um, they're a very kind of comprehensive and systematic way of thinking about in particular how Oakland handles traffic calming on bicycle boulevards. Um, and they are consistent with Berkeley practice, generally speaking. Um, if you look at what's in our uh, existing 2017 bike plan, the map of traffic calming that is proposed there um, at a planning level uh, is consistent with the kind of practices that um, Oakland um, has, uh, has utilized with, with one exception, which is that they make greater use of what we'd call vertical deflection or speed humps and speed tables than Berkeley has done. Mm. And in recent years, we've developed a new speed table design that is friendly um, to service vehicles and to folks with spinal injuries, to paratransit vehicles and all those kinds of stakeholders. And we do, we do anticipate utilizing those speed tables more uh, on bike boulevard traffic calming. So I think going forward, you'll see more consistency with the with with Oakland style standards. And in fact, as part of the Alameda CTC project, uh, we received a request to incorporate some of those standards. And we worked with Alameda CTC staff to identify locations to add speed tables at select locations along the bike boulevards uh, as part of the project that we're discussing tonight. So, okay, great. That is very helpful. Thank you. Um, well, I'm. It seems like maybe we would want to consider these citywide at some point. I think it's probably too much for, I don't think it's directly germane to what is agendized, but um, I think it's always good to, um, to have standards. I think one of the things that's very confusing on our streets in Berkeley, and I hear it all the time, is that things look different everywhere. And to the extent that we can have consistency, and that was why I was probing you know, how does this work? How does this um, dovetail with what we already have? Because um, it looks good to me. Uh, so the only other, so, and when it says on parallel bike routes, it's just the routes that are in this plan, right? Yeah. So um, I'm very happy to support that um, and um, would support doing it citywide. Um, one other question I have is um, on page nine of the um, staff report, uh, it says key themes from public engagement included suggestions for parallel bike boulevard routing, changes to bike facility type, et cetera, a long list. And it also said materials and landscaping, which I think my colleagues know is something I'm always interested in because I'm interested in the quality of what we do, just not that we do it. 
And I'm curious if in any of the funds that we're just about to lose or any other funds that we might be able to apply for, if those can be used for, um, you know, stamped concrete or uh, planting wells and landscaping and things like that, that can really enhance the boulevard, or if those are things that we as a city might need to be thinking about how we would have to fund independently. Yeah, thank you for that question. Um, so while this is primarily scoped as a safety and kind of multimodal access project, uh, we will be complying with the latest regional stormwater uh, treatment guidelines. And so the project scope will actually be required to include some level of green stormwater infrastructure to meet those new regional regulatory requirements. So that could include uh, things like bioswales, rain gardens, other types of green stormwater treatment. Uh, and that would be part of the project scope. Oh, great. And that could be covered by the funds that are coming in or that we hope are com coming in. Yes, that would be within the project. Okay, that's great. That's good to know. And then my last question, I guess, was, um, I mean, I've been monitoring the inboxes and I'm surprised by how quiet they are on this project, um, which makes me think that, um, you know, most people's concerns have been addressed. And I'm just curious, um, either from my colleagues or from staff, um, if there were any challenges that we didn't feel like we were able to mitigate or things that um, that we tried hard to do, but just we weren't able to do them that um, that that are sort of out there. I'm just curious. I mean, it feels like you satisfied almost everything. Um, I'll just call attention to there was a, I think, a table in the report that summarized um, some of the, the feedback that was received and how the design was responsive to that feedback. And there were certain things that I think staff, um, after their review, um, didn't necessarily think needed to be, were incorporated or did need to be incorporated, but I think they were pretty responsive and that table did outline, I think, very clearly um, uh, in that. I'm just trying to find the page. Um, 37. Yeah, it was... Uh, San Pablo Safety Enhancements and Parallel Bike Improvements Outreach Summary. It was a document that there in a very detailed manner described the, 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 the key themes and comments and talked about how staff incorporated or did not incorporate a vast majority of the things they, they did consider and did make, make modifications to consider. Yes, no, I, I had seen that and it's impressive. I was just curious if there was anything that um, had remained thorny but it sounds like not. I mean, we didn't hear anything from, didn't didn't hear much at all um, in our inboxes. And um, I mean, the team seems to have been extremely responsive. Well, as you can imagine with a pr project of this scope, there is virtually impossible to not have any unhappy customers and some of the impacts on uh, parking that, may result as a result of this project or as a result of relocated uh, bus stops that are now fronting a different property. So that that is a, an inevitable part of some of these improvements. But uh, as you said, our transportation is not aware of any major thorny issues that we have not, that the project has not been able to respond. 
but that does not mean there is no uh, complete satisfaction by everyone. Well, I thought the parking loss was quite modest. Uh, and majority of that is due to daylighting. Yeah. That's that's and the theme that's going Assembly Bill 413, which is now going to be the law of California, is going to require the daylighting anyways. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, it did. I'm surprised it's a it's a long corridor and um, a lot of streets and um, relatively speaking, very de minimis yeah. um, parking loss. Yeah. So and I grew up with an AC transit bus stop directly in front of my house um, and, and literally uh, in knew the day was beginning when I started hearing those buses come and go. So um, it's not that bad. You get used to it. And it's nice to have a bus stop right in front of your shop or your home. Um, It's very convenient. So, well, I'm delighted. I'm really excited about this project. And I appreciate the supplemental. And I appreciate the opportunity to get to know the Oakland standards. Definitely think that's something that we should... um, bring in citywide and ready to vote yes enthusiastically. So thank you all very much. Thank you. We'll go next to council member um, Kisarwani and then Harrison. You took your name off the queue. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Mayor, uh, Commission Chair Bowders, Executive Director Langell, and, and the, all of the ACTC staff who are here tonight. Thank you very much for taking the time Uh, to present this critical safety project to us this evening. Um, As I I think you already know, I am a strong supporter of this project. And like Councilmember Robinson, I do remember attending that outreach meeting prior to the pandemic in 2019. And I want to acknowledge, as uh, Mr. Bomberg had stated, that your outreach began in 2017. So this has been uh, many years in the making, and a lot of work has gone into securing these significant federal resources. So I'm just so delighted uh, to see where we are tonight. Um, I, I do just want to make a couple of points. One is that in October 2021, the mayor, Councilmember Taplin, and I uh, did write a letter to Executive Director Langell requesting consideration of a dedicated bus lane through all of Berkeley the survey that was done showed a majority of people supporting that and a bike lane on San Pablo Avenue for at least a portion of the corridor, in addition to enhancements to our parallel bikeways. And the reason why I did that is because this is a high injury corridor. Uh, So we hear stories of pedestrians and bicyclists suffering serious and fatal injuries, going to the hospital and, and, being in a coma because they were hit by a vehicle just trying to cross uh, this you know, state highway. So I just want to be clear that we do have it within our power to engineer a safer street here. And I do hope, as, as uh, Commission Chair Bowders, Bowders noted, that we can continue to build on and improve this plan uh, before us this evening in the long term. And I, I also have to point out, as I I did earlier today that that um, you know somebody in my district counted how many developments have been completed, constructed, entitled, or proposed in recent years on San Pablo Avenue, and I think it's a point of pride. We have 28 new developments, more than 2,200 homes, with thousands of new residents, 
and we have space for all of those people. And we, you know, I want to welcome even more people with our Southside rezoning tonight. And we can do that and we can rezone other parts of our city. So as we grow, you know, sustainable growth demands that we move more people efficiently through this corridor. And, and I, you know, I really do hope that we can consider further improvements. I'm really proud of the improvements that are before us tonight. I want to encourage us to stop thinking about these types of improvements across our city as a zero-sum game, you know, pitting the loss of parking spaces against safety for, for bicyclists and pedestrians and reliable, safe access to public transit. You know, we cannot compromise on the safety of our residents or visitors to this corridor or any other high injury corridor. And this is just something we have to do as we grow as a city. We can't expect that those 2,200 households are each gonna have vehicles or, or two vehicles per household. You know, we don't have the space to accommodate that. So we have no choice but to make these improvements to this corridor. And on the issue of these small businesses, um, I do want to say that, you know, I, I look at data when I when I try to make these decisions and all of the data anywhere you go, when these traffic improvements are made, businesses do better. They either have no change to their revenue or they see a net increase in their revenue. And I know it's sometimes hard for people to realize that because they're seeing their customers come to their business a certain way right now. Uh, but but if you think about it, you know, when you have that bus that's filled because it's safe and reliable and you have more people who are biking with their kids, they're getting those, um, I don't know, those cargo e-bikes and, and taking their little tykes on them because they feel safe. You know, that actually improves, uh, you know, your your bottom line for for the bakery, for the uh, the coffee shop for the, uh, the Mitiera grocery store, for all of that. And so, so we have to believe in this vision of what the 21st century can be in the city of Berkeley. When we go and travel abroad, we love to rent those bikes and walk <laughs> and get a sandwich and eat at a, at a cafe. And so I, I want San Pablo Avenue to be that beautiful, vibrant, um, boulevard or avenue, I should say, that it can be uh, with homes for people at all income levels, those 2,200 homes, you know, remember, those are, some of those are affordable homes. We're, we're trying to get 100% affordable at some of those sites, teacher housing at the adult school. And we always say yes <laughs> to homes in District 1. So, so, you know, and this is part of that, you know, we, we have to improve our, our transportation system to be able to accommodate this growth in a sustainable way. So, so I thank you again for being here this evening. And I, I also enthusiastically vote yes. Councilman Harrison. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, right now, San Paolo is a place that's convenient to drive and not do much else. Um, that's how I feel about it. I never walk there. I do drive there because that's how you can access it. So I'm looking forward to having a different way to get there.
And I especially want to point out that I appreciate the pedestrian improvements. I think we focus a lot on biking in Berkeley, but you know, whenever we make it safer for bikes, we make it safer for pedestrians. And that is really, really critical to me. I do want to ask one question. I just don't know the answer to this. In addition to the engineering changes you can make to make a road safer, do you have any authority to slow the speed on these streets? Because one of the essential problems is how fast people drive there. We have no authority under state law to do anything about that. We're stuck with the speed limits we have now. Yeah, the speed limits are determined by state law. Um, and there has been efforts in the legislature in the past years to give local jurisdictions mm -hmm. additional control for certain types of streets, but those are in pilot uh, proposal format. And those are all smaller streets. We really can't do it here. Yeah, th there's nothing in this project that would change the speed limits okay. or authorize us to do anything on that. Well, I hope we can work together on that because to me, that is the major problem. I live right off university and Shattuck and it's the exact same problem. It's the speed that people drive. Really, in addition to the engineering being important, the speed is is a big problem. So we need to focus on that. But to, to your question, though, the commission, the Alameda County Transportation Commission, is part of its legislative platform. Um, we have supported all legislation to give local governments greater control over speed limits and also to lower speed limits in residential and uh, arterial corridors. We have supported those efforts. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, I just have one question on the couple of instances where the bus was not moved to the far side. What was the rationale for that? So there were two specific cases. One was the stop at San Pablo and Cedar. The um, That is an intersection where the line 52, which is also a major uh, high frequency bus route runs along Cedar and then turns right onto San Pablo. And uh, just from a design perspective, there was no way to accommodate a far side bus stop at San Pablo Cedar while also accommodating the ability of the line 52 to make that right turn and get to the curb. Okay. Um, so that was kind of an extenuating circumstance. And then the other one was the southbound stop at San Pablo and Addison. And just because of where the driveways are along the street, uh, a far side stop would have been inferior in terms of accessible waiting areas for a bus to deploy the wheelchair ramp and for people to wait. So okay. the, the existing stop location is actually better in terms of space for the passengers waiting. All right. Thank you. And when, as you, as you repave roads, you're also following the state law on permeable paving. If you have to reconstruct, are we going to see environmental improvements in terms of water going into the water table and that kind of thing as well? I think there's some other benefits of the work that you're doing. I'm trying to point out. Yes. The project would follow all, follow all relevant state and regional regulations with respect to stormwater treatment. And the other thing I want to talk about is the fact that it just makes everything more beautiful. I know we don't talk about that very much. It's like considered soft. But when I look at these drawings, I see a place that's more lovely. And I think that's really important. So thank you for that. Really appreciate it. The only other thing I would ask is that we not, when we talk about neighbors, talk about fear mongering. Of course, people are nervous. It's a change to their life. These businesses and residents have access their roads a certain way. And, um, you know, we had a process for a reason and maybe the meetings were rough, but those are our residents. So I want them to be able to come and express because that's the only way you're going to know how to address their problems. So I think you're all tough. I think you can handle it. I think we can handle it. And um, I want to thank you for your patience and working with our community. Thank you very much. Vice Mayor Bartlett. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, I too would like to thank the, the team here, all the teams represented at the city, 
on ACDC and uh, good friend Mr. Botters is here and um, also Councilmember Taplin for your resolution and uh, Councilmember uh, Robinson for your input as well. Uh, you know, we, we used to live uh, on San Pablo in one of the new buildings there and um, and I took the 72 hour every day into the city for work. And I remember in that time, uh, really grateful that our building, which was controversial at the time, uh, is now not controversial, but it, w- it was back then because it was new. Um, and the the bus the bus at the, the bus situation, I had to run really far to get the bus in time. Um, and then crossing the street back and forth is always dangerous. Um, and there was always a desolation and a dustiness uh, along with speed. And um, so this seems like a real, a real double-sided victory, um, a win-win, uh, a win for livability, who, the, who all the new residents and the new non-controversial buildings will be living there. Uh, uh, and also for, um, I, I think the merchants will benefit and the newer merchants that pop up along the routes in certain key places will see an enhanced uh, business as well. And then some net safety, of course, for safety. Uh, for pedestrians and bicycles, and overall, um, a net boon for the for the for the region. Um, so I'm really grateful for this and happy to see it go forward. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, so uh, we do. Ha- oh, I'll go to Councilor Wingrap, but I'll just say we do have a motion on the floor for purposes of discussion, and we will go to public comment after we um, hear from Councilmember Wingrap. Thank you, Mayor. I'll be very brief. I just want to echo the comments of my colleagues, and I want to give special thanks to the team for coming tonight and giving us this presentation, which I thought was really excellent. So I want to thank you all for your really wonderful work. I'm really excited about this project, and I'm happy to see that I think we're going to have a unanimous vote to approve it tonight. Thank you also to Mayor Bowders for your directness and honesty uh, on the timeline issue. I really appreciate that. Um, So looking forward to hearing public comment and then taking a vote. Thank you. With that, let's uh, open public comment. We'll go first to speakers who are here in the boardroom at 1231 Addison Street. Each speaker will have two minutes. You can yield your two minutes to another speaker for a maximum of four minutes per speaker. And who would like to start? Please come forward. This on? We good? Hi, everyone. I'm Ben Gerhardstein with Walk Bike Berkeley. Um, as described in uh, a letter I sent you yesterday, Walk Bike Berkeley, Telegraph for People, Berkeley uh, Neighbors for Housing and Climate Action, North Berkeley Now, and Bike East Bay urge council to approve the San Pablo Safety Enhancements and Parallel Bikeways projects um, with Councilmember Taplin's supplemental today. And I ask you to do this first as a West Berkeley parent. Um, who for years walked daily or biked with my kids across San Pablo to um, Nia House on 9th Street. And I've experienced way too many scary interactions on San Pablo. I mean, there was there was regular intercurrences with trying to get across the street in a timely fashion. The countdown's tickers going and you got toddlers and cars bearing down on you. And then there was the time that a motorist crushed the side of my kid's bike trailer while they were in it. As staff made clear in their project overview, for far too long, San Pablo has been dangerous by design. Most of the mobility and safety improvements you can approve today are long overdue common sense. Common sense steps like robust traffic calming and uh, daylighting and um, 
features that will make crossing San Pablo safer for people walking and biking. And these are these are steps that community members have been asking for for decades. Um, so I really encourage you to, to think of this project as a critical move in the right direction, but not the desired end state. And we heard that from a couple of council members uh, today, not the, not the desired end state for San Pablo itself. So please approve the plan and help Berkeley and our neighboring cities move this important work forward. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hello, I'm Mark Hedlund from District 8. Um, I sent you a long email earlier. I will not repeat it, um, but I did want to make a comment in person about the pattern of making exceptions for businesses or other reasons when we look at these projects. Every time we make an exception, reroute a delay work, or cancel a project, we fracture a transportation network. We should be clear that safety is not something we can provide intermittently. More vulnerable, less confident road users simply will not travel by that route if safety and support cut in and out. This is what we see in Berkeley. People don't bike because they know it is not safe and consistent. As one personal example, I started a bike bus for our school at Colbevang, which is in West Berkeley. One of our routes went down Channing, a bike boulevard, and crossed San Pablo. Unfortunately, we give up at the intersections of bike boulevards, and Channing has no hawk light or other bike support for this high-stress crossing. When our bike bus was crossing San Pablo two years ago, a driver stopped for us, but another driver smashed into the back of that car. Fortunately, none of the kids were hurt, but they were all scared. That route stopped running after that incident and has not restarted. Between the kids and the parents, the near miss was enough to put them back into cars. Additionally, our decisions about exceptions affect our neighbors. Emeryville's great investment in the Emeryville Greenway would have higher value if 9th Street had better bike support as this project would provide. El Cerrito is missing out on AC Transit BRT because of our decisions and Albany's. And this is similar to Councilmember Robinson's point about Telegraph BRT. When Berkeley fractures networks in this way, we make it harder not just for ourselves, but for the entire East Bay to use public and active transit. Confusing, intermittent, delayed infrastructure is high-stress infrastructure, and we already know high-stress infrastructure only serves a small percentage of our residents at best. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. This is regarding specifically the Addison Street Bike Boulevard Connector Project. Uh, the action calendar from November 14th states that the staff distributed postcards in person to affected businesses along Sadden Pavlo Avenue. And yet there are numerous businesses at the Addison Corner who say they were not notified. They know nothing about this specific project. This begs the question, just who was deemed an affected business and which businesses were notified? It's a shame to have to ask the question, were these notifications an aspirational goal, as was the fire department sign off with the Hopkins Street project. I am a biker. I used to commute to downtown Oakland, but never on San Pablo. I do bike to this neighborhood. My friends bike to this neighborhood. We attended and provided feedback at the ATCT open houses for the parallel connectors. I support improving Berkeley's bicycle infrastructure, and I might even support the Addison Street project but I don't know anything about it. What I do not support are ideological action groups having a seat at the planning table that is denied to your constituents, to local residents and businesses. 
That is the definition of regulatory capture, and it's profoundly anti-democratic. The Addison Street Bike Boulevard Connector Project must be judged on its own merits, and I look forward to doing so. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hello. Um, I ask that you remove the Addison Bike Boulevard project from the approval of the ACTC San Pablo multimodal plan. Walk Bike Berkeley was invited for input to the Addison project, but not businesses or other community stakeholders. Contrary to the statement in this meeting's agenda that staff notified affected businesses, when asked directly, businesses, business owners stated that they had not heard of the changes proposed at their doorsteps. The businesses I talked to included Lucas, Lavender Bakery, El Patio, La Marcha, and Acne Bar. These changes will impact essential operations of business, such as truck delivery to grocery stores, restaurants, and the post office, and will impact how this location functions as a neighborhood gathering place. There is no public record of the Addison Plan meeting. The compartmentalization, closed door process, lack of transparency, and misrepresentation by staff about community outreach erodes trust in the city and threatens to erode our community. Building strong communities must be the foundation of city planning. I therefore ask that the Addison Bike Project be put through its own inclusive, transparent, community-centered planning process and removed from the current approval of the ACTC plan. I do not object to the ACTC plan. I believe it should be approved. Um, I also wanted to point out that the Addison Connector project does not actually go past Santa Rosa, I mean, excuse me, Rosa Parks Elementary School, which is actually on Alston Way. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Beautiful San Pablo is a coalition of businesses and neighbors on San Pablo and nearby who are directly affected by what happens on the avenue. Unbelievably, our group, including Addison-facing businesses, were not notified of the possible effects of the bike plan. And um, tonight, I'm asking you not to pass the city-led Addison Street Bike Boulevard Connector Plan, as it did not go through a transparent process. So we're, we're good for the safety enhancements on San Pablo, and we think it's going to be great. But we think that the city-led Addison Bike Boulevard connector plan needs to be rethought. We're looking, we never heard about alternatives, perhaps Alston Way. Um, Addison, the uh, city-led Addison Street Bike Boulevard connector plan has several little issues with it, including removing parking in front of the post office and several other things that might help part, um, people who are disabled be able to get around on San Pablo Avenue. Transparency is necessary with public works. And we urge the council to call for a transparent public process where the actual stakeholders on San Pablo Avenue and Addison fronted businesses can sit down with the planners and view the options for a, a safe, safe connector plan that did not happen. You know, a lot of the businesses work during our public meetings. They can't come to the city meetings. Don't forget to have a thriving, and I'm really grateful that um, Terry Taplin is here. He's been on San Pablo. How many of you have walked on San Pablo? <laughs> 
don't forget to have a thriving, vibrant community, which brings safety to the streets, the eyes on the streets. We need our businesses. We need a vibrant, thriving, economically stable business district. Thank you so much for your help tonight. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hello. Um, I'm 76 years old. I live three blocks from San Pablo on Cedar. Uh, number one, I've got lots of things. I hope I can get them all in. It seems $44 million is driving this. The sky is not falling. Violence is not falling out of the sky. How many people on the council or their family members own an automobile? Could you raise your hand? No one owns an automobile? No we, one owns? We don't, Please raise we don't, your we hand. Don't have if you have a back and forth with speakers. This is oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Uh, about the Addison bike project. How come that's a closed door process? That is a closed door process. It seems it's pushed by the same people who want to make a bank, a Berkeley bank, closed door process. Uh, about, about traffic, there is no policing in Berkeley. There is no policing. I walked through to the Y, cross Milvia one way, someone ran, ran the red light. Coming back, someone ran the red light. There's no policing in Berkeley. Whose problem is that? That's my problem. But you're responsible for it. And you're talking about unsafe streets. Police don't do policing anymore. Um, okay. I, th I think I've, I've done enough. But it seems going back, it's $44 million that's being discussed here. I, I think the regular voices in the community don't stand up to that. I'm sorry. Um, I, I wish you could raise your hands if you own a car because car violence seems to be the mantra. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hello. Hi there. Um, this is Ali, uh, the owner of Lavender Bakery, recently invested in this new Lavender Bakery for sure. There are a lot of positive um, uh, aspects for this project, and you've done a good job. But in general, I'm, I'm, I like this project. But what I'm concerned is about these losing eight parking spots in this street. It's like it's difficult to judge their good project, hardworking. It's very, it's very difficult to judge a business owner how difficult it is to uh, do on search engine, doing DoorDash, Uber Eats. And I want to bring you to attention that how the new modern online thing is, is driving a lot of cars, especially the Uber drivers, DoorDash drivers, a lot of deliveries. Uh, every day, a bakery requires four or five truck comes to your next to your bakery, very huge truck. And um, my wife last week, she couldn't find any parking spot. She had to bring something inside the store. She couldn't find a parking spot, then went to in front of the Middle East Market and someone came and hit her car and she was about to um, to hit her too. So what I'm saying is that if you very focus on just bike, 
that you're you're also um, you're not also considering some other problems that might happen for the businesses. Imagine a bakery sells cake. People don't come to buy cakes, four or five boxes they carry with bikes. They So um, in general, this is a good project, but also so you need to also think about the, some minor aspects of parking spots because small businesses are super fragile. And your decisions that doing today is going to have a huge impact on the small businesses that, that the owner is going to put sometimes 20 hours per day. So uh, it's easy. We we do our best to continue to the society, but also we need your help too. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Are there any other in-person speakers here at 1231 Addison? Okay, thank you. Uh, we'll go to speakers on Zoom now. Um, and once again, this is public comment only on item one for the 4 p.m. special meeting, the Alameda County Transportation Commission, San Pablo Avenue Multimodal Corridor Program. If you wish to speak on this item, please raise your hand on Zoom. We will only take public comments on the Alameda County Transportation Commission, San Pablo Avenue Multimodal Corridor Program. If you address any other item, we will not uh, recognize you. So, um, George Spees. Hi, George Spees, Glen Avenue. Uh, I work as a, um, I volunteer as a traffic safety advocate, and I just want to thank the council for finally arriving at the point where we're going to approve at least the minimum that we can do to make uh, this corridor safer for people. I want to emphasize that our streets are already multimodal. We talk about making them multimodal. They're already multimodal. Right. There are people out walking. There are people riding their bicycles. There are people uh, on mobility devices and in wheelchairs and there's people in cars and all of those people at are at risk on dangerous streets. Um, I have heard many, many times uh, from people in the work that I do around um, enforcement. Where is the enforcement? Well, uh, how many cops would you have to have to make San Pablo Avenue safe 24 hours a day, right? It's just not possible. The street itself can be made safe. It must be made safe. Um, the, the small businesses there will thrive when people feel safe when they're on the street, and that will come with these projects. So I'm really delighted to see that we are finally arriving at a place where Berkeley can join other uh, local cities in moving this project forward. Thank you ever so much. Uh, and I look forward to seeing this work done. Thank you. Our next speaker is Robert Prince from Bike East Bay, followed by Kelly Hammergren. Hello, Council. This is Robert Prince, Advocacy Director with Bike East Bay. Uh, Bike East Bay supports this parallel quarters project. We appreciate the work ACTC and Berkeley staff put into it and thank every council member for voting yes to move it forward today. Uh, this San Pablo Avenue multimodal corridor project is among Bike East Bay's own major corridor campaigns going back to 2017 and extending into future years. With our focus extending all the way between downtown Oakland to the south and the Carquinez Bridge to the north. We hosted our own project meetups and walks on the corridor this past summer to inform people about the project, including in Berkeley. There was a very high level of interest and support and a sense of urgency to address longstanding mobility and safety issues. We appreciate that you previously voted to extend the protected bikeway north to Heinz 
overcoming the difficult Ashby intersection. We also appreciate uh, the other jurisdictions on the corridor that are already moving forward on protected bikeway projects on the avenue, including Oakland, Emeryville, El Cerrito, and Rodeo. We look forward to these setting a very successful example to replicate as a follow-up project here in Berkeley sooner rather than later. Bikey Space is ready to work with you on this need. Thank you. Okay, we'll go next to Kelly Hamburgren, followed by Anthony. Once again, this is public comment on the San Pablo Avenue Multi Mortal Corridor Program only. Uh, thank you. Shirley Dean was giving me her two minutes, but she was unable to stay on for the this long into the meeting. So I would ask that I could have those two minutes. Um, I was originally in line, and I'd like to save two minutes. To okay, you have two minutes from Carol Morosovic, so we'll add that to your time. Thank you. Can we reset the clock then. Okay. Uh, so you are hearing tonight that um, people did not hear about this plan and were not notified. And both Shirley Dean and I have been hearing complaints about affected residents who were, who were not notified. Uh, the report states there were mailings to affected parties. You have heard that again from people coming to the mic to the microphone and those within 300 feet were supposedly notified. Regardless of the goal to get, regardless, the goal is to get people out of cars and onto bicycles. Um, and so, or on their feet or onto transit. So to only notify people within 300 feet of a design change is really inadequate when it should be important to all of us in the city to have safer San Pablo and connecting streets and parallel streets. And I am very pleased that we have uh, parallel bike lanes, parallel streets, rather than putting bike lanes on San Pablo. If this plan is approved this evening, which we expect it will be, we would like to have the opportunity to make changes uh, regarding parking um, as we receive more information. As recently as last Wednesday, two options were presented in a public meeting for the transition between Mabel and Bonar across Dwight. The, this transition plan is still up in the air. Therefore, can we expect that as we progress with implementation that such transitions and parking decisions will be brought to the public for input? We also heard at that meeting that the diverter uh, in the Taplin plan and as was suggested at that meeting was pointed out as being a problem for large turning vehicles. Uh, it was also hard from looking at the plans to determine which side of the street, which parking spaces will be removed, and we would appreciate more detail on that. Personally, mid-street islands are very helpful for pedestrians, but the bulb outs are a problem for drivers, especially when there is nothing um, above the street level to indicate that there is a bulb out. Uh, we appreciate that we are not losing trees on San Pablo due to this project, and we hope that in the future uh, that any plans to on San Pablo would save the trees, which we all find to be so pleasurable and also to help our climate. Uh, in conclusion, we ask 
As decisions are being made, that the city of Berkeley notify not just residents within 300 feet, but notify the city at large, as we hope to increase the number of people who feel safe on these corridors, especially, especially bicyclists and pedestrians. And in a one more comment, it is disappointing that Walk by Berkeley, Bike East Bay, Telegraph for People, that these groups seem to have an inside track to participate in meetings while the rest of us as residents are not notified or uh, able to participate. And I've also seen the same kind of inside track in my public records requests. So that is very disappointing. And thank you for giving me the extra time. We'll go next to Anthony. Once again, public comment on the ACT System Pablo Multimodal Corridor Program. Mr. Anthony, you should not be able to speak. Hello, I'm a Berkeley resident. I am calling to ask the council to approve the concept designs and council member Kaplan's supplemental item. You know, I had a different public comment plan, but a lot of the council members and spoke speakers have addressed it already. So what I want to address is some opposition I'm hearing about the Addison Street Bike Boulevard connector. Uh, pages four and five of the agenda packet, as well as the very end of the agenda packet, pages 47 through 50, have the drawing of this connector. Uh, it's all on San Pablo Avenue. It's about eight parking spaces worth of bike lane, from what I can see from the picture. Uh, and what's happening here is we have a street that needs to cross San Pablo Avenue, and uh, whether or not that street, Asin Street, becomes a bike boulevard in a future project or not, uh, it looks like there needs to be a way for people to get across. Uh, this seems like a pretty uncontroversial way to do it to me. Uh, yeah, I, I would say don't let this be a speed bump that interrupts this project. Um, please approve the uh, item before you, the mayor's motion, with no further modification. Thank you. Thank you. We'll go next to Tony Mester, followed by Daryl Owens. Good evening, um, Mayor Aragui, members of Berkeley City Council. Mayor Bowders and the Alameda uh, Commission, thank you for your wonderful work. Um, I think being a uh, longtime resident of the San Pablo Avenue corridor, I moved down to 10th Street in 1979. And when I moved down here, there was prostitution uh, one block away from my house. Things have changed a little bit, but the dangers haven't changed. They just changed in type. Um, I would like to talk about the Addison Street um, Bike Boulevard, which really doesn't exist except in aspiration west of Sacramento Street. It's not signed. So if you go out of the boardroom where you're sitting today and look to the right, you'll see Addison Street stops. It's intersected by uh, the West Campus. And so unless we have a plan to bisect the West Campus alleyway and make it a, a part of the bike boulevard. Um, I don't know what we're, we're talking about because that bike boulevard then would, if you go through the alleyway, spill right into a sidewalk and across Street, Curtis Street. So that has to be resolved. Um, the truck problem around the businesses that um, the Lavender Bakery owner talked about is replicated on the other side of San Pablo Avenue with Mitiera. Today, I went there for my Taco Tuesday treat, 
And there was the Mission uh, food truck sitting right there on Addison Street. And those trucks are not going to go away. So that has to be uh, resolved if you want to make an Addison Street uh, true uh, corridor for bicycles. And then we come to 6th Street, which is not a through street. And then we come to uh, the new development at 600 Addison with the 900 uh, car spaces, garage, and 400 uh, cars coming and going. That's what the traffic study says. All in all, the Addison Street Cycle uh, Boulevard must be thought out and approved by the Transportation Commission before you start acting on a part of it for something that doesn't really exist. We all have aspirations. I have the aspiration for peace in the Middle East, but the facts on the ground are something else. Thank you. I'll just say, I'll just make one comment, if I may, that there are people that do bike down Addison. The only time I was ever killed riding a bike in Berkeley was at the intersection of Curtis and Addison. Um, and so I just, there, are, there are people that, that do go down Addison from downtown, cut through West Campus and go there. The idea of having a complete network so that people can safely cross is a very reasonable thing. We'll go next to Daryl Owens. Yeah, for what it's worth, I used to ride my bike down Addison to go to Berkeley High School, but okay. Anyways, I support the mayor's item as is. Please pass. Thank you. Let's get San Pablo Avenue BRT going. I use the 72. I would love to not have my traffic obstructed all the time. I think it's also important to realize that the whole point of San Pablo Avenue being this corridor was that it was the sort of original highway before the East Shore Freeway. I-80 got built. It got built. We should have done this a long time ago. Reprioritized those streets for public transit and bicycles. So thank you very much. Please pass. Bye-bye. Uh, just to clarify, I was not, I was almost killed. I am still here. I'm not a figment of your imagination. I'm not a ghost. I meant to say almost killed, but uh, no, but I mean, it is, a, it is a dangerous intersection. That was my point. That was what I was trying to emphasize. Thank you. Okay. We'll go next to Isabella Chu. Uh, good evening, Council. Um, and uh, I, you know, just want to support uh, the approval of the uh, project as is. Um, but I would like to provide some population health context. Um, car crashes have been the number one cause of child death uh, by far for decades. They were surpassed by guns uh, early in 2020, not because our roads got safer, but be because gun deaths got so much worse. Um, and about uh, 40 to 45,000 people a year die every year in car crashes and two and a half million people every year are injured in car crashes. California is 43rd out of 52, that's all the states plus Puerto Rico and DC um, in pedestrian safety and 42nd out of 52 in bicycle safety. So uh, to put that in context, the US is also an outlier uh, with respect to pedestrian and cyclist deaths. So California is among the worst of the worst for pedestrian and cyclist safety. So when we talk about projects like this, we are talking about weighing the lives and the health and the permanent disability of young, healthy people primarily who are just trying to go on their way, just trying to get from point, you know, from their home to a business, just trying to pick up coffee, things like that against the convenience and the property of people in two ton metal boxes. 
And because our transportation system has been optimized for the convenience and the property of motorists for many decades, that feels like a massive disruption, but it is fundamentally just to prioritize the safety, the health and the lives of people over the convenience and the storage of the property over another group of people. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is when you do projects like this, you actually make it safer for everyone, all injuries and deaths. Thank you for your comments. Okay, we'll go next to Corey Bousset, followed by Chris Lee Egan. Uh, hello, can you hear me? We can hear you, yes. Okay, perfect. Uh, I just wanted to call in to say I support the San Pablo project. Please pass it without um, any of the uh, any of the kind of obstructionist <laughs> amendments. Um, generally speaking, we look to Berkeley to be a leader nationally in terms of progressive politics, but um, making pedestrian and biking routes safer is always something where Berkeley seems to come up short. I'm a little bit confused why this was moved from the consent calendar originally to having a special hearing now, especially after hearing the overwhelming support from not only all of the presenters, but quite honestly, all of the council members as well. Seems like this is gonna pass pretty unanimously. So just uh, a bit confused on why we're spending all of this time talking about this. But again, it's it comes down a bit to the playbook of all of these things, which is delay, 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 obstruct, obstruct, obstruct. This project's been going on since 2017. Let's get it done. Thank you. Thank you. We'll go next to Chris Lee Egan, followed by Joel. We've been going to meetings with uh, regarding San Pablo Avenue since 2017, and it's been a long time coming. Uh, and in, in that time, um, just off the top of my head, I can think of two Berkeley side articles that talked about like injuries or even fatalities that occurred on San Pablo. These safety improvements are way overdue. Um, I second the earlier commenter wondering why this was even pulled from consent. This should this should have just been a slam dunk and we should have taken care of it um, like in a snap. Um, Berkeley really should be a leader on these kinds of issues. This is safety, this is climate action. And instead we're like the last city to do this. That's that, that only should be embarrassing. So please, let's just get this done. Um, let's reject any of the obstructionist amendments or attempts uh, and let's just get a safer San Pablo as soon as we can. Thank you. Our next speaker is Joel, followed by Benjamin Fry. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Awesome. Uh, my name is Joel. I live in District 2. Uh, during this meeting, I've been walking up and down San Pablo with my, dark, with my dog, actually. And I just want to emphasize the lack of visibility, visibility and the lack of safety it feels when you cross these roads at unsignalized intersections. You know, I've, I've crossed this street probably four times during this meeting and I've almost been hit. I want to say each time uh, people are failing to yield to pedestrians, they fail to yield at stop signs. And I really want to emphasize that, you know, these safety improvements, they should work not only at 2 p.m. or 4 p.m. during peak travel times or peak congestion times, they should also work at two in the morning when no one's around. You know, oftentimes these are when I feel most vulnerable and I would really like to uh, just have Berkeley be a leader in all these uh, safety and pedestrian improvements. Uh, thank you, and I appreciate all your time, and I appreciate the council and ACTC for going in this meeting. 
Our next speaker is Benjamin Fry, followed by Andrea Horbinski. Hi, thank you, Council and Mayor. Uh, especially, I also want to thank you for continuing to allow virtual access to these meetings as it makes uh, our lives as parents uh, easier to join. Um, I uh, am really excited to hear that the council and is going to uh, approve this phase one of this plan, uh, and all, along with uh, Council Member Taplin's addendum, I, that's wonderful to hear. I was calling in for my support for that. Um, I, I wanted to put something in context, which uh, I feel sometimes gets lost in a lot of these conversations. Access across San Pablo is going to uh, be really beneficial to a number of uh, kids in my neighborhood in North Berkeley. Uh, middle schoolers, teenagers uh, have to cross San Pablo all the time, getting over to the soccer fields down at 4th and Harrison, and as well as the skate park. And then with the new uh, bridge going in across I-80, uh, that's going to also bring access to the Bay Trail and the Tom Bates Sports Complex uh, as well. Um, I was also really excited to hear the council uh, talking about a, uh, additional phases to this project to bring uh, bike lanes to San Pablo. I, I was dismayed to hear that we are suffering 10 deaths on average on San Pablo in the, earlier in the meeting. Uh, and, and that needs to be something that we solve as well. So uh, bike lanes on San Pablo and additional safety improvements there are going to be huge. Uh, so I, I really encourage you to uh, follow through with that as well as uh, following through with adopting Oakland's uh, standards across all of Berkeley. That would be huge in helping uh, move forward on safety projects across the city. Again, thank you council for supporting this and I'm excited to hear about future uh, safety improvements. Our next speaker is Andrea Horbinski followed by Morris Fuller. Hi, uh, thank you for uh, holding this meeting virtually as well. I wanted to echo the calls to pass the plan as written without any of the obstructionist amendments. Uh, and I just wanted to say, it's been really disheartening uh, at this meeting and all the previous ones since 2017 to hear uh, Berkeley residents get up and say that they don't care about the lives of their fellow residents, you know, from children to senior citizens to cyclists and pedestrians. They'd rather see us dead than, uh, you know, sacrifice a few spaces for their private vehicle storage. And I really am concerned that whoever moved this off the consent calendar uh, shares those views. So whichever council member thinks that, you know, private car storage matters more than the lives of the people of Berkeley, please identify yourself so we can know who you are and vote against you. Um, I am really encouraged to hear that there is such widespread support on the council for the plan now. Would have been really nice to have that in prior years so we could have a better plan and i hope that uh berkeley will continue to make this better uh, i also want to underline that you know voting against it now would move berkeley to the bottom of the pack for federal funding which would be very bad uh you know particularly compared to other cities such as emeryville um whose mayor we've heard from so you know for all these reasons really hope that the council uh, passes this as, as it stands without any further attempts at delay. Uh, and so thank you to the council members who are going to vote to do that. Uh, and yeah, there are cyclists on Addison and other places, by the way. Uh, and for people who can't see them, you probably should surrender your driver's license. So uh, yeah, thank you. Okay, once again, we have a motion on the floor, which is to approve the, the project. Um, but we welcome any additional comments. 
Morris Fuller, followed by David Charest. Good evening. Um, thank you for letting me speak. Um, I just want to say I've lived in Berkeley my whole life. Um, I feel that I'm a very confident cyclist, and I avoid San Paolo Avenue at all times presently, um, frankly, because I fear my life. Um, I want to urge the council to vote yes for this project and the supplement without any modifications. Um, and to please recall that this project already ex already consists only of rudimentary safety improvements and has been substantially watered down far below uh, what our neighboring cities are building. Um, I hope and I'm confident that in the near future, San Pablo will see further improvements such as full protected bike lanes and improvements to transit and pedestrian access. Um, please vote to approve this project. Do not let obstructionism and administrative filibustering kill this critical safety project. Thank you. Okay, we'll go next to David Charest. Uh, David, you should now be able to speak. Great. Hi. Thanks. Um, I'm I'm really glad that to see that this is gonna that this is gonna pass tonight um, with Councilmember Taplin's supplemental. Um, it is so sad that you know we are gonna be lagging um, behind our neighbors, even with what we're passing tonight, um, and. It's it's you know we're we like to think of ourselves as leaders. We are really laggards, um, and when individual jurisdictions don't pull their weight, it weakens the entire network and it hurts the entire East Bay. Um, so I'm glad to see that we're going to reaffirm our commitment to the city's Vision Zero Action Plan. Um, I'm glad to see it in text, but I I really would like to see it in action. Um, I love that we're going to authorize the city manager to direct staff to implement traffic calming measures. Um, but, you know, you guys have authorized things before and then they die in back rooms um, and they get and they get bled to death. Um, so we really need to see reforms much bigger than this um, for for how these things pass. Thanks. That's it. Thank you. Once again, we're taking public comment on the ACTC San Pablo Avenue Multimodal Corridor Program. If you wish to speak on any other matter, please lower your hand. OK, that closes public comment. Um, colleagues, we have a motion on the floor. Councilor Taplin. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, and thank you to the speakers who spoke tonight. I just want to address this issue of business engagement. Um, in addition to all the engagement AZTC did, in addition to all the engagement our staff did across departments, my office has held regular biannual quarterly meetings with our merchants, especially at Addison and San Pablo, which is where I spend most of my time. We have sent mail. We have hand-delivered flyers in addition to all the other flyers and mail that were happening. And I have discussed this project with, with um, if not all, most of the businesses on my half of San Pablo Avenue and with the neighbors. And I've talked about this project probably more than anything else I've worked on on council. So uh, rest assured that um, businesses were engaged and as public agencies, we do our best to make these accessible and to to let people know they're happening. And, and um, no matter what we do, there's always going to be someone who will be at the meeting and they'll say that they were never notified about the meeting that they're speaking at. And all we all we can do is continue to engage the community and to make this transparent. And I have full faith that, that will continue. So thank you. Councilor Han. Thank you very briefly. And thank you for all that extra outreach. I know it makes a really big difference um, when the council member 
does does that extra outreach. Uh, I just had a very tiny suggestion for our staff um, in response to the concerns raised by the owner of Lavender Bakery. I see on page 49, there's a nice um, sort of drawing, a photograph with a drawing of the Addison Street um, sort of jog. And it looks to me like on the north side of Addison Street, um, just east of the intersection, we probably could put a uh, a loading zone. Um, and that might be something that could help ensure that for the bakery and their deliveries. And I know that Gaumann Kitzel is the other business there on the corner. Um, just throwing it out there that I think there, there might be some really easy solutions to help this one business um, who admittedly um, is, is losing the spaces directly in front. So to just putting that as a suggestion to staff to look at. And great. And I don't know if the gentleman from Lavender Bakery is still here, but perhaps if you can um, give us your card, we'll make sure um, transportation gets it. But there's, I think there's a really easy solution. Okay, thank you. I'm excited to vote yes. So with that, we have a motion to approve item one with the revisions to the resolution as proposed by Councilor Taplin. Let's call the roll. Councilmember Kesserwani? Yes. Taplin? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. Vaughn? Yes. Wengraff? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. And Mayor Aragine. Yes. Okay. Motion carries unanimously. Mr. Bowders. On behalf of the Alameda County Transportation Commission, thank you so much for your time and attention, and we look forward to bringing this safety project to your city. Thank you very much. So um, I'll make a motion to adjourn the four o'clock special meeting of the council. Second. Let's call the roll on adjournment. Councilmember Kesarwani. Yes. Taplin. Yes. Bartlett. Yes. Harrison. Yes. On. Yes. Wengraff. Yes. Robinson. Yes. Umbert. Yes. And Mayor Aragine. Yes. Okay. We just adjourned the four o'clock special meeting of the council. We're going to